Last week I mentioned Lot's wife. Tonight I want to speak to you about Lot. And so if you'll turn with me to Genesis, I'd like to start in Genesis chapter 12 uh, in verse 1. And in Genesis chapter 13, and then look up 2 Peter chapter 2. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curses thee. And thee shall all families of earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Now turn over with me to Genesis chapter 13 for just a second. And I'd like to read just a part of Genesis chapter 13. And uh, I'll just verse 10 for just a second. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that were watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, and thou, as thou cometh in the Zohar. And Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Pray with me, please. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading and studying of thy word tonight. I thank you for each one who's come. Lord, this lesson has been a blessing to me over and over again. And I pray it'll be a blessing to everyone here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I've had a lot of, I've read a lot and studied a lot about this man Lot. And a lot of people want to say that Lot was not saved. But if you'll turn over with me to Second Peter for just a second, I'll show you that he was. In Second Peter chapter 2, and let's begin to read in verse 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, and that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. What I want you to see tonight is Lot is a type of a saved soul but a lost life. And Lot was a worldly Christian who had say, uh, his soul got saved, but he lost his life. Now, because he lived for self and was in bondage to the things of this world. I was reading in 1 John, it said, Love not the world, neither things in the world. And he goes on talking about the love of the world. Now, it's not talking about this uh, round thing that we live on we call the world. It's, called, it's talking about the world system and uh, the things that's in the world. Don't, we're not to love the world. And um, because if you get in love with the world, it engulf you and succumb you to the evils of the times. Now, I believe the saddest thing in this world is, is a wasted life. I've seen so many people come down to the end of their life and, and uh, it's just a wasted life. 
I was talking to somebody the other day. I want, I want every day of my life, to, I want something that I can accomplish today. That I can, and when the sun goes down, I can say, well, I got this done. I, I did something today that counted. And I was talking to this person the other day, and it, it just uh, they just don't have any goals in life. Uh, to get up in the morning, eat breakfast, a little bit of something, lay around all day and go back to bed. And that's 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 uh, some of their life. Uh, just uh, it doesn't mean a thing. Now I believe the saddest thing in life is a wasted life. I don't believe anyone wants this their life to count for nothing. I like to take the life a lot now and show you seven things about a saved soul but a wasted life. Lot walked by sight and not by faith. Now you got to remember something. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. I was talking to somebody just yesterday about what's going on in the world today and these riots and all this mess. And, and I said, What you got to learn to do is don't look at everything that's going on around here. And, and let, let me show you what I'm talking about. Did you know there's how many million in America? I think 300 and something million in America, okay? That's that's people, men, women, children, everything that live in America. What they show on TV is maybe 100,000 over here is riding, you know, 10,000 over here is riding, and a bunch of nuts over here, and so on. And you put all that together, that ain't even a me. And so you, you put what they're showing is so bad in the world against the whole thing, and it's not really that bad. It's bad enough. I hate what's going on, but what I'm trying to say is the whole world is not that way. It's just a bunch of bad people. And God's still in control. And we don't live by sight. We don't look at that stuff and worry ourselves to death. We live by faith. We trust God. Amen? Now, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4 said, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, Lot lived by sight, not by faith. Hebrews 10 verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now Lot lived by sight. This is shown to us by the choices that he made. Go back now to Genesis chapter 13 for a few minutes. And let's go through Genesis chapter 13 and I'll show you the downfall of Lot and how it happens. And that's always the same thing happens to those that backslide and get away from the Lord in a wasted life. In verse 1, Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold and went on in his journey and so on. Now, and then come on down to verse 5. And Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so they could not dwell together. And then they had strife together and so on. And verse 8 said, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? 
Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted it up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Lot lived by sight. He was looking for something easy. He didn't want the mountains and the rugged parts. He lived by sight, not by faith. Now you compare what and how Lot chose his lifestyle in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Turn over there just a second with me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want you to look with me please in verse 18. Chapter 4 verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, uh, so you compare how Lot chose and what God says to choose, and look at the difference. The worldly Christian lays up treasures on earth and has little or no treasures in heaven. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, 20, and 21 says that Christians will lay up their treasures in heaven, not on this earth. And then the worldly Christian walking by sight is governed by the world's wisdom and standards. Now turn over to 1 John. I mentioned it a few minutes ago, but I'd like to uh, show you further in it. In 1 John uh, chapter 2, and look with me in verses 15 down through verse 17. Love not the world, neither things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, so you notice how Lot chose by sight and God said plainly, don't choose the things of the world. So a wasted lie of a Christian is one who walks by sight rather than by faith. Number two, Lot made his home and raised his children in wicked Sodom. Go back now to Genesis chapter 13 and look at verses 12 and verse 13. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now notice how the downgrade of Lot's life went. Genesis 13, verse 12. <clears throat> Number one, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. In other words, he placed his tent where he could see everything that was going on down there. And number two, in verse in chapter 14 now, <clears throat> look at verse 12. And they took Lot, Abraham's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. So first thing, he's pitching his tents towards Sodom. The next thing you see, he's dwelling in Sodom. And Genesis 19, in verse 1, said he sat in the gate of Sodom. So first, he's looking down on Sodom. He's noticing everything going on down there. Next thing you see, he's got him a house down there. And the next thing, he's sitting in position of authority in the gate. He's, he's on his uh, social life now is going on in there. In other words, Lot was a VIP of Sodom. In Genesis 19, in verse 17, he's even called the wicked men of Sodom brethren. He called them brethren. In 
So he was one of them. Probably Lot never intended to drift into the worldly sexual, sensual, God-dishonoring life of Sodom. But what Christian ever intends to go away from God and to dishonor Him? Then, notice, before long, his wife and his children were thoroughly engrossed with the worldliness of Sodom. They were dance-mad, pleasure-mad, drink-mad, fashion-mad, sex-mad. This is an update of today's world, although it happened some 2,000 years ago. But God calls in to us to separation. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 through 18, He said, Come out from among you and be separate, saith the Lord. We're not to be like that bunch, but Lot, he went and became part of that bunch. Number three, Lot was out of touch with God. Now go back to chapter 13. I want you to look at 14, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. And so on. Now, isn't it something to you? Notice that word after. That means he lost the consciousness of the presence of God. After he left God. Now begins his downfall. In Job 23 and verse 3, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Where to go to God? Not run from God. Notice too, he lost the experience of the peace of God. In Second Peter chapter two, verse six through nine, we are told that the wickedness of the Sodomites vexed the soul of Lot. Can I give you something? One of the ways that you can know you're saved, without a doubt about it, if you can enjoy sin and it doesn't bother you, you can bet your God on dollar you're not a child of God. Because you can be a child of God, you can get involved in the sins of the world, but I guarantee you, just like Lot, it's going to bother you. It's going to vex your soul. Now, notice something. In other words, his conscience was troubled within him. Isaiah 57, verse 20 and verse 21 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace saith my God to the wicked. Lot was like that. Now notice again, he lost the power of God. Instead of being a power for God, Lot had become a weak, worldly, failing, disobedient man. His case was like that of Samson in Judges chapter 16. Now watch some of the fourth thing. Lot had no influence for God. He did not look walk or act like a man of God. And nobody ever dreamed that he was one. He had no influence with the men of Sodom. They laughed at him. The men of Sodom must have despised Lot. By the way, did you know what the world hates? It's a hypocrite. The world literally hates somebody that says they're a Christian and lives like the devil. Now, he had no influence with his children. Genesis 19, verses 8 and verse 14. Uh, he abused his children. He had no influence with his own wife. In Genesis 19, through, uh, verse 26. In other words, his own household. He was saved by the grace of God, but he lived a lost life. You know what would be, the I think, to me personally, 
the worst thing that I believe that a child of God could do is live in a house with a wife and family and you go to heaven and they go to hell. And your life didn't mean nothing. They had no influence over your wife, your children, and they didn't listen to nothing you had to say. I think that would be the awfulest thing could ever happen to a man. Now get this. Uh, how slow he was even after God had warned him of coming judgment. Yet we're warned, people of God's coming judgment, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7-9. through 9. For the unsaved today, they still will not be saved. Number six, Lot lost his honor and was involved in shame with his own daughters. This awful story of deceit and weakness and drunkenness and incest is told in Genesis chapter 19. He got drunk and had incest with his own daughters. The result was that two illegitimate children were born. Now watch this. Moab and Ammon was the two children that was born to him. You know who was the greatest enemies of the children of Israel all down through the ages? The Moabites and the Ammonites. Sin, if it is harbored, goes on working in the heart, in life, and eventually leads to shame and tragedy, even to members of one's own family. Finally, Lot was literally saved, yet so as by fire. Now turn with me to second to First Corinthians just a minute. First Corinthians. And I want you to read with me, please. In chapter three, First Corinthians chapter three. Let's begin to read in verse eleven. And and listen to me very carefully. Now here's where the Assembly of God and different other denominations that teach that you can be saved and lose your salvation. They, they use verses like these and they misquote them and misuse them and they only use parts of them. Now watch what it said. For other foundations can no man lay than his lead, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work, not his soul, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Now, here's what is taught here. There's a perfect teaching here of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. It's the same thing as teaching Lot's life. Here's a saved person by God's grace, but his life meant nothing. His life will be burned up. Everything that he did on this earth meant absolutely nothing when he get into heaven. Zechariah 3, verse 2. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? That's speaking of rebellious Israel. In 1 Corinthians 3.15, Save yet so as by fire. Jude 23, And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now the truth is, every believer has to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day themselves. 
Now, you know what? I don't want to stand there empty-handed. I know I'm going to heaven one day, but I want to offer something I'll lay it at Jesus' feet. He says, we can. But a many a person is going to heaven saved by the grace of God and that alone, and then they go to heaven and they have nothing that they can lay at Jesus' feet and say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. That's a picture of Lot's life. And he lived a terrible testimony. Had no influence. His own brother, son-in-law, never believed him. They mocked him because he was such a rebellious and backslidden Christian, but yet he was saved. And yet, he didn't have any influence. I like to think that I've lived life before my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids that I have some kind of influence on them. That I can show them what is right and the right way to live. And that's the kind of life that I want to live. And Lot is absolute opposite of that. And I see so many people that live in the home and live on the work, on their jobs, and they have no testimony for the Lord. They live in a Christian, they're Christian, they're saved by God's grace, have no influence. Their life absolutely means nothing. And brother, I'm going to tell you something. One day, their life will be manifested or made known. What a horrible day that's going to be for some people. Amen? But then the Bible says that God will wipe away all tears. In other words, we're all on level ground from then on. But every one of us is going to stand and give an account of our life. Amen? I want to live not only in heaven, but I want to live on the way. I'm going to have a good time living for the Lord while I'm going. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, will you bless each one that's come? And let us study Lot's life. I wonder what he'd have been, Lord, if he would just stayed next to Abraham. Just stayed with him. Stayed in the same company of God's people. And enjoyed the blessings of God that you intended him to do. But Father, he went his own way and looked away from you. And Father, I see so many people doing that, just inch by inch, getting away, and then end up with a wasted life. Bless us, Lord, watch over and keep us, we pray now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for being here tonight.